Hello and welcome to Martially Motivated. I am Dan Burrell of Burrell Martial Arts and today uh, Brent uh, Holland joins me again and uh, we started off discussing uh, excuses people give when we ask if they want to do martial arts or if they've done martial arts. Uh, there's a lot of them out there, but uh, we went off the rails pretty quickly. <laughs> we brought it back towards the end. So we discussed it a little bit, but we went through a, a, a lot of different topics uh, throughout this conversation. Uh, too many to start naming right now. I'd, I'd have to uh, go through a whole other podcast to explain each topic. So anyway, I hope you enjoy. We are going to talk about the the things that people tell us when we ask them if uh, they train in martial arts or want to train in martial arts. We get a lot of different uh, responses there. Uh, everything from, I'm a lover, not a fighter. That one always drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to protect your lover? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> and, uh, I had one recently. Uh, the guy was nice. I, I didn't really jump on him about this one. It's just, it's your common... I have a weapon, so I don't need self-defense, uh, whether it's a knife or pepper spray or gun. I've heard all of them before, and I'm like, do you truly train with that weapon to know how to use it? Or do you just, like, play around and whittle things with your knife? Do You, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I used not to carry a knife. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then a couple of the deadliest people I know at a seminar said, I don't go anywhere without a knife. Yeah. Why would I go? And I was like... <laughs> so now I carry one. I carry one pretty much everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, at all times. Because while I am a good fighter and I can defend myself, I could defend myself with a knife a lot better than I can with just my hands. Mm -hmm. and, and I get with, and again, this goes back to, I was lucky to have the instructor I had because he was in law enforcement. And right. he always carried a gun. He always carried a knife, among other things. And he was SWAT team, so he had plenty of fun stuff to play with it. <laughs> like the... Uh, uh, my my favorite is since he trained our law enforcement SWAT team, uh, they would donate certain stuff, and right. we had donated or they had donated this gorilla suit is what we call it. I can't remember the exact name, but uh, you've seen those bear suits where like you get attacked by a bear and they get up and just walk rock away or take it hit by a truck and then bounce right off of it. I've always wanted to try one of those. Oh, that thing is fun as hell. And this was like, at least at the time, like a new age one. So it was really light. You look at those other ones, looks like the Michelin man walking around. Yeah, it does. But this one was like our typical sparring gear, but like lighter. It was crazy. And it covered everything. The only thing it didn't cover was the neck. And so uh, we jumped in that thing. We watched a video on it. Like you can't cut it. You can't, you can take a bat to it, baton to it. So, of course, we tried all of those things <laughs> and just beat each other with it. I, I, I can only imagine the damage if I had one of those that Josh Lee and I could do on one of those. It would be, it would be horrible. It, the, the one weakness was that neck. And cause the, I think it was like the second or third person I sparred with it in. I'm like, I'll jump in there. I'll be the one to take it. Just get thrown all over the place and take a beating. It's, it doesn't hurt. And uh, everyone was doing fine. They punch you and you move around. But... Uh, the one guy was like a Golden Gloves boxer, straight in with punches to the head. And my neck is just snapping back yeah. and forth and left and right. It's like, this, this doesn't help. <laughs> like, this one's hurting. <laughs> you start fighting like with yeah. your hands, like completely shielding your head. Yeah, it's like a, my face feels fine, but my neck is broken. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was the one part that was weak. But nonetheless, getting back to the original story, uh, 
<clears throat> with uh, a mind structure when they train with guns. And in one of our our Hapkido program, one of the, the last weapons we learn is handgun. Both how to use it, disassemble it, defend against it if necessary, all that type of stuff, how to shoot it and everything. And uh, so he would take his... Uh, do, you, do, you, do you teach that technique out of that book you have, the one where the guy's got the AK-47 pointed at your temple at point-blank range and you're sitting in the chair? Do you teach that one? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, because I, I really I really need to make that work. It seems like every time I've tried that in the past, uh, I've found that the other person is able to pull the trigger and blow me away before I, uh, I actually can, uh, I can get to disarm them. Bring me back to that because I've been reading another book. Actually, I think I sent you a picture of uh, the, what we were talking about last time. <laughs> grab, grab the testicles, pull them, throw behind you. Yeah. So there was more in that book, and a, a rifle defense was in there. <laughs> and, so I got to bring that up. Which is, a, it was a great book. I actually, really enjoyed it. It's just some of those things. It was clear. Uh, he, he didn't have that much experience in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> but he would take uh, people out in the woods. They had a little training area, just middle of nowhere, a bunch of trees and, like, broken-down cars and whatnot, and they would have airsoft guns and just have fights out there. And that's how you, you train, because you don't... It doesn't kill you, but it stings. You feel it, yeah. And you, you don't want to get hit by it. So you learn real quick. You can't just run around shooting a gun, and at the same time, it's not easy to take a hit if you're moving. So a moving target is hard to hit with those things, and dodging in and out of stuff so it, it you get to learn a lot from that uh he's he had a lot of stories about that but um maybe i'll try and get him on at some point but um point is that that's training you got to train under duress when you Absolutely. have a weapon and people don't do that they go to the driving range or, or shooting range it's the same thing <laughs> swing the golf club yeah. <laughs> and they just kind of shoot at the target on the weekends and then go home and the whole thing, the other thing is, it's mindset. I talk to my students all the time about, realistically, the person that wins most fights is the first person that makes the decision to totally go violent mm-hmm. and really go after the person, the other person, with not just the intent of hurting or 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 stunning, but really dis- disabling. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a gun or a knife, you can't take a knife out and hold it in front of you against an attacker unless you're willing to cut and stab that person. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to um, end up, you know, it's a bluff. And if they call your bluff on that, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Unfortunately. But that that that's one thing I, I just, I keep coming across is, oh, I don't need it because I have this, I have that. And, you know, I try not to get, I'm not overly confrontational. I'm like, okay, that's your decision. Move on, because I know I'm, I can't change somebody's mind right then and there. So it's just not going to happen. Absolutely not. Um, I can I can say, hey, it's a, there's a fitness element to it, which doesn't have to be. <laughs> In my taekwondo, we do we focus on that hapkido, not at all. You don't do anything with with fitness stuff. I let if they want to, they can. I know how. It's just we, it's, we play dodgeball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I picked that up uh, for the kids' classes. Uh, we usually don't have enough adults for it, but the the kids go nuts for. Man. Dodgeball and just we, the games. All right, general. we have a ongoing uh, rivalry: kids versus adults. Of course, right now the the kids are age nineteen and below, so it's not really kids. It's mm-hmm. like more like the teenagers versus the older gang. And uh, last year was the first year in years that the kids beat us, uh, <laughs> and we just we had just had a rough year. But we're uh, it's ten to eleven right now. The kids are up <laughs> on us, but it, it we're 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 trending right now. So it's uh, we 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 we, we got a win streak going. 
<laughs> but and, and it is. It, it, the thing I love about dodgeball is it's kind of violent. I mean, especially the way we play it. You get hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my black belts, Dawn, seems to get hit in the face at point-blank range <laughs> regularly. Uh, and it's, it's always uh, it's, it's in between frightening and, and funny, depending on the situation. And, uh, and you know, it, but it is. You move, you sweat. Mm-hmm. You um, we, we definitely add in the conditioning side of it. But definitely one of the hardest things I think you have to deal with that I don't have to deal with, especially on the taekwondo side, is the concept of I'm too old for this. Mm-hmm. See, my, my class... We teach what I call old man karate. All of our kicks are lower. We mm-hmm. don't do a lot of the, the the wild and crazy stuff that you do, especially on your taekwondo side. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I can. I like that stuff. I really like that stuff, at least with my left leg, if you remember. I could do all the stuff <laughs> you do with you. I could do it with my left leg. I tried it with my right, and it was no, no dice. Um, but it's uh, that I can deal with because I have a lot of older students, and when we make that work, that's an excuse I used to hear, and now I say, "Hey, I've got, I've got this black belt. He's sixty-one. I've got these black belts there in their fifties. I've mm-hmm. got these black belts, and, and that are in their late forties. No one's too late to start. In fact, at my dojo, uh, as far as making black belt, I've said, what's the ideal age of a student starting if I want them to make black belt? I'd say between." 35 and 40. Mm-hmm. A student that starts at 36, 37 years old, if I can get them through white belt to yellow belt, their odds of making black belt are almost 50-50 at that point. We don't lose many between yellow and black belt. Now, we have have a lot that start, come in, mm-hmm. don't buy into the system, don't buy into what we're doing, and they, they walk out the door and we never see them again. But if we can get them to yellow, their odds of staying are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, it builds. Um, for the longest time, it was trying to get enough women in there, and we, we still sometimes struggle. We have four or five adult women right now. And then having enough people that where if someone is 40 years old and they walk in, they don't look around and go, well, I'm a grandpa compared to everybody except for the instructor. So that's a battle we've beaten. We've got our other battles, but at least those I feel like I can – say hey, no you're not too old look at everyone around you right mm-hmm. now yeah it, it is and over the years uh, you know taekwondo i don't think a lot of people know and i know i didn't when i was first going in taekwondo there's essentially three different styles of taekwondo out there and i had started in the the crazy one uh the one that had an offshoot of XMA, so all the crazy stuff with the screaming and the jumps and the flips. Like, that's, the, like the stuff Matt teaches. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. that that's where it essentially came from. Um, and so that's why I started in, the very first time I did So it, day one, you're throwing high kicks and jumps and, and flips. Matt's and Matt's a beast for a dude oh, in yeah. his 50s. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, couldn't, I can't do this yeah. as he does. And when you train over and over, anybody can do it, but... At the same time, you get to a certain age where people have knee injuries and hip injuries and stuff that it's just not plausible. It doesn't make sense to do it. And that was one of the reasons I switched to a different style of Taekwondo. And this style is basically it's Shotokan Karate. It just has a little more kicking uh, at the much higher ranks. And we're talking like second, third degree before there's anything too crazy where you have a jump split kick. Other than that, it's front kicks a couple round kicks and they're all meant to be low it's not until let me see i was talking to somebody about this the other day one of the students i think it was like red belt there was one that's supposed to be high and that's oh no it was uh 
basically first degree black belt or probationary black belt. There's a form where there's it's a, a repetitive kick, one low, one high. Right. But if you kick at their knees, high could be stomach. Right. <laughs> we try and get them to go higher than that, but uh, not until well into the black belt set there's anything that high with it's that. It's funny that you say the tough stuff is post after as after black belt. It's kind of uh, I remember years ago talking with John Mazenhelder, and he was uh, looking at some of the requirements for uh, the higher ranks in his style. And some of the katas that you had to do at 6th and 7th Don were crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are we expecting the old guys to do these <laughs> forms? He's like, this should be the form for the first and second degree black belts, the guys that are in their 20s, mm-hmm. not us that are in our you know, 50s yep. and 60s. And I was like, well, you know, there, there it is. But, yeah, you're right. But but he said, we got to get this changed. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how far he got with that before yep. he passed away. It's hard to believe he's been dead now for more than eight years. Man. It was eight years uh, right recently, in the beginning so I, of March. You know, I, I didn't realize it, but because uh, I think I've always said no, I didn't meet him. But every time that picture pops up, yeah, you were there. I was there right next to him, so I had to have met him because I met everybody there. At, yeah, and you so. were my friend, and he was mm-hmm. my instructor. I'm sure yeah. I introduced you. I, absolutely. I just didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he really revolutionized a lot of the ways. Uh, when I say... I know this is not on what the topic is. We have topics. <laughs> yeah, we, we have rough outlines. But, you know, when, when I look at, you know, my martial arts training, I got from White Belt to Black Belt with Brian Cox. He owns T.A. Woods Company here in town. He's a good guy. I wasn't a career martial artist, but at the time, he got me to Black Belt through his instructor, and I'm appreciative of him. I, I refined my Ishinru in the early 2000s with Tim Cunningham. We eventually had a parting of ways because of a disagreement on how to run a dojo. Mm-hmm. But those guys I learned basic martial arts from. I learned real, actual how to protect yourself and, and get the other guy from uh, uh, everyone after that, mm-hmm. starting with John Maisenhelder. I started with, with Maisenhelder at the same time I was with Cunningham, but I was training with both. And Maisenhelder both taught me first how to treat my black belts. Uh, I'd come from, a lot like you come from the... You know, I am the head instructor, and you guys are all maggots <laughs> underneath me. And, and John was like, hey, I'm the head instructor. I've been doing this a little longer than the rest of you guys, and and uh, and we're all buddies, and, and you're my little brothers, and, and, mm-hmm. and let's, let's, let's love each other. And I, I, I love that aspect, yeah. and I've always tried to run my dojo like that, not like the way I was raised in my other styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he taught me, especially in dealing with weapons, training with the weapons we've been talking about, I would do the Ishinru stuff. He'd go, why are you doing it like that? You'd get killed if you do that. Let me show you why. And and he would show me how to do it correctly. Between him and then uh, crazy Denny Schaefer, for what it's worth, um, uh, he, he he still wants to be – he's 80. He still wants to beat me up and, and occasionally talks about it on his personal site. Uh, he's look. He's, he's, he, I, I doubt he'll drive here. Maybe he listens to your podcast if he does. Hey, Denny, uh, man, I'm over it. I, I, man, forgive and forget, dude. Uh, he's driven by piss and vinegar. <laughs> he is. And he's not going to die. He doesn't like a lot of people, but I'm one of his absolutely his favorites. And we, we've been on and off again friends for 25 years. And we're either really good friends or not. And right mm-hmm. now, we're really not. He really <laughs> thinks I'm a, I'm, I'm a degenerate turd. And, um, and and he's still, I mean, still openly, uh, even like six months ago, he posted this long thing about basically how my time was going to come and he was going to come get me. He, had, he was just about to turn 80 at the time. And I'm like, 
man, come on. It's like, it's like I, I'm going to outlast him. Um, uh, you wait. Well, after he's gone, Dan, I'm going to act like he and I were bosom buddies. I'm going to post all these pictures back when we were friends with his arm yeah. around me and tell everybody how I was his best friend. Um, and, and since he alienates so many people, there won't be much of a chance for anybody to even refute it. Uh, so... But he taught me a lot about really in close fighting, and in, in, in the in the few years I trained with him closely, I, I did learn a lot. And then, of course, Mister Isaac, who has been totally one hundred percent supportive of me as a person. Mm-hmm. God, I love the man. He has been wonderful. Uh, Larry Isaac is one of the most generous and giving people I've ever known. But he has taken my martial arts to a much higher level and and and, and shown me things that. And he is a lifelong learner, a tenth degree black belt who is still seeking instruction trying to find new things if, and, and if he sees something he doesn't understand he he becomes he basically mentally puts on a white belt again and goes out there and learns it love that about him mm-hmm. you know and those guys you know they 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 were the ones but John Mazenhelder was the first one that really opened my eyes to so many things and losing him in 2014 to cancer and there's that picture I post every year mm-hmm. about the time of his death on on my social media accounts we were sitting there we were testing David Ward uh, for his fifth degree black belt, and I'm not sure what we were laughing about, and, and but that's what we did when we were together. We joked, we laughed, and David did. David's so serious, <laughs> so serious, and and we were undoubtedly making David mad, as I often did, and uh, and and John would find out that he had cancer uh, two days after that picture was taken. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, he was gone, yeah. and, and and we were sitting there, and and the, I look back over the pictures we took over the last two years of his life, I see it now how he degenerated, how sickly he looked. But when you see it, I was seeing him every week, you know, you, and slowly in small increments. You didn't see it except now. You know, I look and I say, "Hey, look how he looked two years before, and mm-hmm. just how much he aged in those two years." Man, it it's devastating what that does. Yeah, like. I got a picture right up on the wall here. That was my last picture with my mother. I'm just me, little six-year-old kid up there with my mom. And that was basically either right at or right after, right before, somewhere around there that we found out that she had cancer. And how long did she last after that? She was given about two weeks, and uh, she chose uh, chemo and radiation, uh, which made her horribly sick and lost all of her hair. She Her eye was starting to... You know, pop out, so she was wearing an eye patch. It it it, went, it got bad. She was hallucinating a lot, apparently. Mm-hmm. But uh, they pushed it out to like two months. So we had like a little. I think we rented a van and just drove around to family to say goodbye and stuff. But man, that that just destroys people. Yeah. Like overnight, it's just it's it's crazy to think about how much farther meta. If she had that now, they probably she probably could have extended her life significantly. But yeah. that was the, I guess that would have been the early 80s. Yeah, that, was... that would have been 80, 87, yeah. 80, late 86, 87, somewhere around there. But yeah, even at the time, it was the doctors just threw their hands up. Because if I remember correctly, only five other documented cases on the planet of that oh, wow. type of cancer. And it's still extremely rare. Wow. I, I don't even know the name of it. I don't know if there was a name to it. It was just so bizarre. And it's just, it's yeah, crazy. She looks healthy in the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes on quick. It's just horrible. That's that's horrible. And yeah, you know, with John, apparently it had, it had um, it, he had had it for a while, but he had been going through a lot uh, with his family, and he was working hard. And he just thought his constant fatigue was just from his job and everything. And 
and you, you just don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I miss him. He, like I said, he definitely changed the way I looked at martial arts. Um, I still teach Koguru his style of weapons uh, regularly. I just promoted a couple people to, well, four people to black belt in that style a few months ago, right before Christmas. Um, and you know, I still talk about him a lot. And that's why that's mm-hmm. all we can do for for our, our, our martial arts friends and family that are that have passed on. You um, you talk about them and mm-hmm. you say, hey, this is how. And, and Lord knows, I hope Hanchi Isaac lives to be a hundred, mm-hmm. and his mom's still alive. You yeah, know, Hanchi's like <laughs> seventy one or seventy two, and his mom is still alive and still driving herself around. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I fully expect that Mr. Isaac and I have talked. And he said, you know, on my ninetieth birthday, we're throwing a bash and we're all getting drunk. <laughs> and I'm like, right on. I'll be I'll be in my mid sixties at that point, and I, I will totally I will totally happily uh, get get plastered with a with a ninety year old Hanchi Isaac. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time, man. Let's, uh, you know, I, I've talked about my instructor a little bit and his instructor, and, and the contrast. There's a lot of things that they were similar on, but you know, we were talking about tradition a moment ago and how strict a lot of schools are, especially in the '80s and '90s. It was, you do it my way. Yeah, not only that, but the instructor acted like they were the end word mm-hmm. on everything, man. And I was like, uh, I, it's like I am the sensei. Not only do I understand karate, but um, I can I can diagnose your engine and I, I can fix your personal life and uh, I can teach you how to cook better rice. Yeah. I mean, it was it was crazy. I'm I'm the end all knowledge of all things. <laughs> well, it, you know, a big part of that is just there was no way to fact check people back then. The, you, you, there's occasional books like I remember <laughs> the first book one of our students brought in. I think I was maybe a black belt, maybe first degree, maybe close to it. Uh, and one of the students in, uh, that was in the same Hapkido class, he had brought in, uh, you'll probably recognize the name, uh, Dillman. Yeah, George, George Dillman. George <laughs> brought Dillman. this huge book in on pressure points, and we're all just like fascinated, like, oh my God, somebody wrote about martial arts. This is crazy. And they're, we're looking through it, like, let's try this one, let's try that one. This was supposed to shut down your organs. Let's hit him there. <laughs> and of course, none of that stuff worked, but... You know, some of it, like the the actual pressure points, like brachials and radials and, you know, t- hitting the temple, messes with your eye. Those simple things that you can, but there's nerves. But fact-checking makes life so much easier. Yeah, it does. You know, Tatsuo Shimabuku died in 75, um, about six weeks after I was born. I don't think the two were related. But um, it was, uh, there was a video, the only video I saw of Tatsuo when I was, you know, coming up was shot in 66. There were two films, 64 and 66, where they shot everything when he was in the U.S. But there were other videos shot no one knew, and they, they've popped up, and including one that people swore that you know, he taught this, this Sai Kata at his dojo. And the people that came afterwards said, no, he never taught that. That's a lie. And then, of course, the video pops up of him actually doing that Kata, and they're like, uh-huh. Um, but you know, I'd never even seen the 64 videos until, like... I was a second or third degree black belt because of YouTube and the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought the 66 video was the only thing that existed. Now there's 50 videos from 58 when he was younger. And uh, videos of him in Canada. Videos There's one video of, with really good lighting that they found recently. It's in color that you can actually see everything. Uh, there's the 66 video that was like the video that we all knew had like an extra hour of outtakes and mess ups, including we get to see Tatsuo Shimabuku screw up his own katas and not have to start over. But, you know, because of that, there's this Tom Fakata, and he was training with Tyra Shinken um, on Okinawa at the time. They were friends, and he had obviously just learned this kata, and for some reason, he does it on video and he butchers it. 
and 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 in the kata, you can see him mess up. You can see him even backstep and and try to fix the moves. But since it was the only video or evidence that we had of Tatsuo doing uh, a, a tonfa kata, we teach it like that, not with the obviously confused look. <laughs> no, but with, throw it on the ground. No, 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 no look, kick and step piss. back, scratch your head for a minute. Um, we don't teach that part, but but we teach it just like that. And even the name of the kata, the name of the kata is actually supposed to be Hamahiga no Tonfa. Tatsu just knew the name of the weapon. The Okinawans called it Twifa. And the people that they were writing, now what's the name of the kata? He couldn't remember. He's like, it's Twifa kata. And they're like, Chifa? And they wrote down Chifa, C-H-I-E-F-A. And that's what it was called for years. It's really a bastardized version of Hamahiga no Tonfa. I know both versions. I teach Tatsuo's messed up version to my first degree black belts. <laughs> I teach the, the full kata to my third degree black belts. But it's, you know, even that, we that was the... That was Mr. Glover, Dan Glover's um, best kata, was that bastardized version of the chifa, of, of the tonfa kata. And he had obviously learned it from someone who learned it from the video. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw the video, and the first time I saw it, all, all I could say was, wow, Mr. Glover does that kata a lot better than Tatsu did. <laughs> also in the video, Tatsu, who was like five foot two, was using Steve Armstrong's tonfa, and Steve Armstrong was six foot five, <laughs> and those tonfa literally like were like twice the length of his arms. He looks like he were using his, his little boy using his dad's stuff, but you know, and, and, and but that's all we had. We mm-hmm. had you maybe had one video, you maybe had one book. There was this god awful missionary book made in the eighties. Um, you had a, the first video series by Nor- really series by Norbert Donnelly, or the really horrible one by. Harold Long, which I got in a lot of trouble in the Ishinari community for saying that Harold Long's <laughs> videos were horrible. But this man did not need to be videoing himself doing mm. kata. He was not good. But uh, yeah, and, and Denny Schaefer, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Your, your instructor wasn't very good at kata. He wasn't. Don't, don't come beat me up. Because <laughs> um, when you fight an eighty-year-old, this guy, you, no okay, if, you're, that. if you're listening to this video right now, you have to understand. When I say he's eighty, whatever you're visualizing an eighty-year-old man looking like, this is not. This is a guy that in his sixties decided, you know what? I'm not going to teach kata anymore. I'm just going to fight every single class, <laughs> and that's all this guy does. He fights, and I watched the man with my own eyes. At either 70 or 71 years old, bench press 315. <laughs> this is not human. And this guy is, is, and he has been, I don't know, maybe punched in the head too often. He's mad all the time. <laughs> and, and, and me, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a very speak it like it is person. And, and also when he, he wanted, basically what happened there was he wanted to come in and basically wanted me to learn his style and propagate his style. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to at, turn aspects of his style, which I really did like, mm-hmm. into my own stuff, but I didn't really want to become one of his acolytes. And, and if you're an acolyte of Mr. Schaefer, you're expected to get on social media and hail him and talk about how awesome he is. He gets mad if you don't. Mm-hmm. You get messages I have personal messages I could show people where Mr. Schaefer, or back then Woody, his right hand man, mm-hmm. would tell me, "Hey, you're not you, you. When you just made this message, you concluded Mr. Schaefer with two of your other instructors, and that was on." on I was I was doing an appreciation post, <laughs> and but I didn't appreciate him correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, when we took pictures, he had to he got to. No, I don't like that picture. I look too fat in that picture. I don't. I, I look at my gut in this picture. Cut that picture. He would cut out all kinds of pictures because of vanity, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're 70-something years old. 
no one's looking at you like that. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I had nothing but respect for the guy's physical prowess, but, mm-hmm. man, dealing with him on a personal level is horrible. And, man, I hope he never listens to this because he will drive from <laughs> from from, from uh, the Greenville uh, area probably up here to, to – to, to shoot me in my own dojo, but <laughs> I've had limited uh, interaction. I went to like one or two of his seminars. Yeah, you know, he still posts. He still posts the videos yeah. that, that you do on his yeah. site regularly because he has about fifteen pictures and about two videos, and he recycles those mm-hmm. every month to show people how awesome he used to be. I, I figure <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get myself in trouble and get beat up, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go full Monty, you know. And they were great videos. I had a good time uh, working with him and talking to him. Great charisma. So, oh yeah. Super charismatic, great guy. stories, and, but yeah, you can tell that uh, you s- blink at the wrong time, they'll snap your neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, we always got along with him, but uh, you know, when I went to that one seminar, I think it's the same seminar that <laughs> basically ended everything because he just wiped out everybody that went to that moneymaker seminar. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the last time I talked to him. Yeah. I, no, nothing bad, anything. It just over. Well, the, before that, he had freaked out on my senior student. Claimed he was trying to uh, resist him too mm-hmm. much, and he shows this picture of him beating, basically beating down Jay. And first of all, Schaefer is like six foot two and like two hundred and sixty-five pounds. The guy he's beating up in that picture he likes to brag about <laughs> is Jay Graham, who was one of my fourth dons at the time. And Jay is five foot six and a buck thirty-five. <laughs> okay, buck forty, small guy, and 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 he was so into you're not respecting me enough that he basically freaked out at this that seminar i don't know if you were at that one that you tried to murder jay i don't remember yeah i don't recall that and, one and then the next one you know we, we decided because look okay when it comes to rick moneymaker i like rick rick's a great guy recently i've become disenchanted with some of the stuff he's teaching because he seems to teach the same beginner stuff over yeah. and over and over and over again and i want to go deeper we used to go deeper and now we don't and and so I've kind of stopped going to his stuff as much, as, I, and I'm focused mostly going with Hanchi Isaac, who I think mm-hmm. is... And I love some of the stuff, and I love Rick's people. They're great people. But, you know, I have limited time. If I'm going to train with, with people that are going to teach me, I, I want to learn certain things. That's why I go to Mr. Isaac. That's why I go to his stuff. Um, you know, and I train with him. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I decided to, to give Mr. Moneymaker a chance at my dojo, uh, you know, Denny's one of these guys It's just like, him or me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. if you come to me with that, I'm not choosing you. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be dictated by someone who's not even my instructor. Now he's like, I promoted you to sixth don. Well, yeah, but I didn't ask for it, and I didn't really want it because I'd only been a fifth don for a couple years at that point, mm. and I didn't want the quickie promotion. I even told him no, mm-hmm. and he did it anyway. And now I've made up for it in time. I've been a sixth don now for like. Uh, eight, nine years. Anyway, long time. Yeah. So you know, so I've made up for it, but but I didn't want it. And and he was like, well, he tried to basically enforce that he was like my instructor. And I'm like, no, no. Uh, at that point, Mazenhelder had just recently passed, and I'd kind of latched on to Mr. Isaac. And I was like, no, this is my instructor. You're you, you live six and a half hours away. I can see you a few times a year. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to train with you all the time. Mr. Isaac is 45 minutes up the road. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so I hope, I hope Denny doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to send it to him. No. Oh, please do, please do. <laughs> no, you know, going back to the videos, we were talking about, it, I have a theory, because when I first looked at some videos, like I, I got the internet back in, man, that would have been high school, so like 96, 95, somewhere around there, 
that was when I first got, you know, dial up weird noises. <laughs> and of course, the first thing I look up are martial arts videos and websites. And that's not the first thing I looked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just kidding. Just All right, kidding. top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. So forty-five minutes later, the picture appears. Um. But uh, I, you know, some of those videos at, at the time, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I want to try that. I want to try that. But Going back, and I've got some videos somewhere on DVD, uh, and I've gone back and looked at some of these old videos, in, in particular Hub Keto videos, because that's what I was so focused on at the time. Looking back, they were terrible videos. And it's not because I think they were bad. Some of them were clearly just not good at what they did. But it, it makes you wonder if it's one of two things. Was it so expensive to record that they did it all in one take and said, screw it, close enough? Compared to now, we can reshoot it 100 times over yeah. on our phone to hit delete and do it again and get the perfect video. I think that's part of it. And then, Especially with the old 8mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and then there, I think feedback is another part. You didn't get as much feedback back then. When you, before internet or close around when it first started... You, you sold DVDs and just sent them out places, set up a booth and sold it. You never really heard back from those people. If your video sucked, no one yeah. said anything about it. So you kept going. And you didn't change your technique. You didn't rethink anything. Like years ago, I bought a, I bought a DVD mm. um, that was it was like um, it was supposed to be about Okinawa and uh, karate. And, and it, it literally, the video was just told me nothing okay mm-hmm. it was a history video i learned nothing from it, it was like 45 minutes it was a george alexander film maybe he'll come beat me up too <laughs> um but the second part of the video they go to the okinawan karate museum and i'm like well okay so i watch this well first of all i don't even think the dude's mic'd in the video and the audio quality is horrible secondly it was like the dude that was shooting it had parkinson's or something <laughs> the the camera had no stabilization i got sick watching it i was like i can't watch this and it would be like here this this gi was worn by choki motobu and i'm like uh, okay i'm like my head shaking around I, it's like i can't really see it uh, uh and, and you know so that was fortunately by the time that was the early 2000s or mid 2000s and i bought it on amazon and i got to leave a scathing uh, review on it. I'll have to look it up in a little bit. Uh, it was it was horrible. Well, I bought. Uh, I'm buying a lot of martial arts books right now. One of them, I've been trying to find more stuff on uh, Gumdo, and that's really hard to find. You really have to go to, into well, Aido to, to I, get some. I, of that. I looked. I looked up that when you and I first started hanging out, and I mm-hmm. couldn't find hardly anything yeah. on it. I, to be honest, I don't know if it existed beyond the '80s. <laughs> I think it kind of was invented later. <laughs> I, I think the, some of the swords and some some of the stuff in Warriors are there, but I don't think the actual program was developed until at least the 80s, maybe even the 90s, and then slowly went out there. But, you know, politics and, you know, national pride, I think that uh, makes them want to say, no, that it's thousands of years old or something like that. But I, I never heard of it until... The yeah nineties so I don't know but I uh, I thought I had bought a book and turns out it was a DVD on Gumdo and uh, I'm like oh crap no wonder it was two dollars and watched it didn't finish it yet uh, man it was awful 
Like there was nothing in it. It's just them sliding forward and back with a downward strike. And like hit him on the head and now jump out of the way. Now hit him in the head twice and jump out of the way. It's <laughs> just back and forth doing the exact same technique. And I'm like, I teach my white belts more than what's on this video <laughs> with what their black belts are doing. It's crazy. They're just some of those videos are just atrocious. I, I, I just looked up my, my review of this. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a date on it. Um, before people have found my review helpful, which I'm glad. This, this video, it was it, it's called um, uh, Okinawan Island of Karate. And it's got four reviews. One five-star and three one-star. Um, <laughs> it makes you wonder who got the five-star. Probably the, the guy that did the DVD. Uh, my, my, my review... Uh, uh, I had high hopes for this video after reading the contents on the site, but let me tell you, it did not live up to my <laughs> expectations. The video started off with a relatively nice 10-minute video section on, with some very, very short video clips of, uh, of the masters mentioned in the description. If you really need to see several masters doing three or four moves of a few different katas, and you'll be happy with this part of the film. But this is where the video goes to hell in a handbasket. Uh, from here on, the video is basically the guy who produced it, Jordan Alexander, giving an impromptu 50-minute speech on random topics about anything he felt like talking about. This has included migration theories of how Neanderthal man traveled to the Rukyu Islands and different theories about weapons that he personally did not believe in. Uh, I imagine what most karate guys learned in their first six months of uh, karate packed with a bunch of different useless information that really makes you scratch your head. Also, it seemed this video was shot with an old VHSC camera with no microphone, so there's a ton of hiss, and it sounds like Mr. Alexander is speaking to us from the bottom of an oil drum. Uh, but believe it or not, this is not the low point of the video. At this point, he gets some guy to pick up the old video camera and walk through the Okinawan Karate Museum. By the end of the video, I was feeling seasick, as I do believe the cameraman must have been suffering from Parkinson's disease. Anyway, during our tour uh, through the museum, the narrator was able to pretty much repeat all the useless information that he covered in the last section. He also took the opportunity to hawk his book for sale for only the 23rd time in the 60-minute video. The film was poorly shot, poorly rehearsed, and a real waste of 30 bucks. If you are truly interested in purchasing this video, I will shoot an equal quality <laughs> video of me in my living room talking about a bunch of crap you already know in the least interesting way possible. I'll even undercut this guy and do it for half the price. If I could give this video less than one star, I would. So yeah, feedback is important. So at least four, I kept four people at least from buying this video in the future. So I, I feel good about that. I'm going to put that on my buy list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please do. Uh, I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you a link. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was probably, probably I probably bought that video in probably like 2005 or six, and and, uh, and it was just one of many, many disappointments. And, mm -hmm. you know, fortunately now, when I want to buy something uh, now, I we both have enough connections where it's like, somebody else owns it, we know. Mm -hmm. Hey, do you own this book? Uh, um, what do you think about it? Yeah. And then, of course, love Hanchi Isaac, but man, the reading list that that man puts on me. <laughs> he gave me I, about twenty the other day. I, I know, I know. And he'll 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 say, "Hey, I got some books for you," and he'll hand me like four books, <laughs> or he's like four inches thick. And then, like six months later, he'll say, "Hey, this is like in that book I gave you." And I'm like, "Man, I'm not even done with the previous book." Um, if he, I hope he does live, live to be ninety, because that's how long it's going to take yeah. me just to get through the books he's done given me already. <laughs> assuming he gives me no more books. <laughs> And sometimes he'll write notes in it. Hey, Brent, you need to pay attention to this. And I'm like, holy cow, he's even personalizing this book for me. <laughs> it's it's great. I you know there's uh, another Gumdo one that I 
was actual book that I got again horrendous it, it was I think maybe 50 pages half of it was it redoing the first half but in Korean so really it was 25 pages <laughs> and it was just this guy saying uh, I went over to Korea I trained with this guy it was good <laughs> and here's some Korean for you <laughs> like Here's what loyalty means. Ni hao. Got this Chinese mouthing on Kai Lan. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a little kid. Ni hao, Kai Lan. It's Chinese, not Korean. It's just... It's, I know no Korean. God. But there, there was another one I'll, I was... I'll, I'll watch Squid Game. I guess that counts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I got another one, a couple of them. And I actually like these ones, but I do have some gripes about it. But I've been trying to find applications for the original Taekwondo forms, which, what I was mentioning before, with there's like three major different styles. There's actually more than that, but the major ones. Two of those don't have any real application on the forms. It's just punch here, block there, kick there. It's very obvious and simple. But the original... Which is tough when you... When you neither of us, Both of us teach that blocks are bullshit yeah, anyway. It I mean, is. You don't actually block anything. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. And then the... The ITF forms, the original forms, uh, uh, those ones have a lot of application because, again, they were pretty much taken from Shotokan. But trying to find applications to stuff is tough because I don't think General Troy knew it. I don't, because he, he learned from um, uh, uh, Funakochi. There you go. And from what I understand, he didn't do a whole lot of applications. Mm-hmm. He was good, but just not application wise right so then you got to go to his instructor to try and find what an application is to what he may have taught him and it's a long list and the the guy in this book that i've been reading he did that so i applaud him for the effort he put into this uh but most of the applications i'm laughing at the just like the ones that were in the encyclopedia that i've, I've sent to you before like if he's on a ladder, those make, those make my day, man. <laughs> if you're having a tea party and one guy gets angry and the other one doesn't stand up, here's how you years do. ago, years ago, I had, this, I had this lady in my dojo. She was relatively old, but she was probably, sadly enough, not much older than I am now. But I was in my twenties. But she was one of those people just old early in life, mm-hmm. and she was kind of batty, and and she would show up about once every other month, <laughs> and just and when she showed up, we'd be like, ah, oh, who's going to teach her tonight? And uh, and her name was Mary Ruth, and she was crazy. I I, I loved her. I, I don't even know if she's still alive, to be honest. But um, I used to go to church with her, and so she would be practicing these forms, and 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 she would do them so high. And she wasn't a short woman, and I was like, No, Mary Ruth, you need to attack. No, don't go that high. Don't fight she, I was like, Who are you? I was like, What are you visualizing when you're when you're when she's like when you're thinking about your attackers like. I'm thinking about Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I went, Mary Ruth, if Shaquille O'Neal attacks you, you're screwed. It, it's, you're not, there's nothing you're going to be able to do. And then, like, one time, I, I, she said something. Asleep. She said, what if uh, somebody comes after me with a machete? I was like, you mean like Shaquille O'Neal? She's like, yeah. I was like, and she was dead serious, dude. I'm dead serious. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to picture Shaq. Coming after this, I was like, "You need a rape whistle. You need to, you need something. You need a gun, and not even a small gun. You need like a forty-five. You need something that's going to stop Shaq." I was like, "You know, a twenty-two is not going to be like shooting at a bear with a twenty-two. It's just not going to work." 
I was like, but I always, I always tell my people, don't, don't think about Shaquille O'Neal when you're, you're, you're being attacked because Shaq's gonna hit you. Okay, you need to, you need to run. I hope you're faster than Shaq, and you're probably not because he was a professional athlete. So it's bad enough you run from Shaq and then he walks you down. Uh, but you know, some of those, some of those applications, are, you know, people think like that. Though. Mm-hmm. That this one application Dan sent me, the, 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 that one. There's two. There's the dude standing there with his hands to the side. The other guy's literally got a gun pointed at his forehead. <laughs> and first of all, I always tell my students when dealing with this, I was like, okay, before we get to the self-defense practicality of this situation, I would start by saying, don't get in this situation. Yeah. But don't piss off the guy with the gun. Don't and, 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 and you know, once you're there with the gun pointed at your forehead at point-blank range, you got to go into the, the appeasement mode. Uh, mm-hmm. What what what's gonna de- de-escalate this? And it's not gonna be me taking the gun from the guy. And if the guy's got the AK forty seven, I gotta think to myself, what life decisions did I make <laughs> that got me in this chair with this AK forty seven pointed at my temple? And 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, some of those man, just the ladder one. I, uh, the attacker's on the ladder. Here's how you kick him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, kick the ladder out. It's like, run away from the ladder. It's like, it's like you're in a wrestling ring. The guy's on the top rope. Man, back up. Get away, man. Randy Savage is going to lower the elbow. Don't do it. Uh, it's it, 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 it's laughable. And they that book, they talk about how when it was first written, they just said, here's an option, just so you see where the striking point is. That's basically what they were trying to do. And it wasn't a real application, but uh, they, he did make a great point about the <clears throat> the guns and uh, that the rifle defenses, it, it was developed for the military, and they actually did use that in Vietnam. It was like, there's going to be a gun at your head. Here's your best chance type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But, You're screwed, yeah. but here's your 1 in 20 chance yeah. of living. Okay, let, let's let's go. And if you look at it through that way, look, it, 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 I always tell my students in an attack, if, if someone comes up and says, hey, I'm going to punch you in the face, they're not going to get to swing first. As mm-hmm. soon as that comes out of their mouth, I'm attacking them. <laughs> and if they say, I'm going to kill you, well, if I know I'm about to die, I'm going to go down fighting and i'm going to go after that that ak-47 at my temple yeah i'm probably going to take a bullet and and, and the last thing i'll say is hey man i i, I get I gave the old college try but shaquille o'neal took that machete at me and i was dead it's hilarious seeing some of that stuff and especially when he, i i have a, a strong background in hapkido mm-hmm. so grappling in general i know quite a bit about right so when I see Taekwondo, in particular Taekwondo, try and put grappling into situations, it is so laughable. Mm-hmm. Like there was one, it's like a, a grab from shoulder from behind, and you turn, you bring your arm underneath to trap, and then you throw this rich hand up there. I'm like, you know he has another arm, right? Like the second you turn, you get punched in the face. You're, you're like, your arms are wide open. Ouch. <laughs> you can't do it like My that. My nose! <laughs> it's just... Dan, you said this uh, would work. It didn't work at all. The guy knocked me unconscious. <laughs> that lady one time, Mary Ruth, I'm sorry, I'm on Mary Ruth's topic right now. One time we're going through something, she's like, we're t- we're, I was, one of my students did a bokata. She's like, you teach weapons? I was like, yes ma'am. She's like, it's like do you teach a kata w- w- with, with a mace? And I was like, a mace? You mean like a 
like a like a like a medieval. She's like, no, no, like a can of mace. I was like, no. I was like, Mary Ruth, these katas are all traditional, going back to the 1800s. And I was like, and um, we don't have a kata for a can of pepper spray. Chika chika, shake it up. Shake, spray, turn, run. Get out your rape whistle. Man, I almost hated when she stopped training with me. Man, she she was she was kooky in a way that it was always enjoyable. We don't. We would each take all the black belts. We'd each decide when she showed up. I was like, oh, there's Mary Ruth. I was like, when we were doing, it, I was like, we'll each take ten minutes with her. It was like five of us that were black belts. We'll each take ten minutes. And uh, I was like, we'll compare stories afterwards. Uh, it's. I would look over there and there'd be one of my black belts be over there looking confused. I'd be like, I can only imagine what she's asking him right now. <laughs> You, you know, I had a there's a video that popped up uh, the other day, and it was it must have been right after COVID, like kind of in the middle of that when we were allowed to, by the grace of the government, allowed to work again because uh, we had masks on and everything in there. But uh, I I do this drill with the kids. One, they enjoy it, and two, I really enjoy it because they get to see how hard it is to teach other kids. Because I'll put them on a blindfold, I throw a huge bag over their head and I'll put up like a little maze and they got to go around and only by the one person telling them verbally where to move how to turn where the flags are to pick up how to get back and their time see how fast they can do it so one is has to guide the other one through words alone and the other one is just clueless they're just trying to go off what they say and you and me if I said turn to your left 90 degrees you turn to your left 90 degrees yeah. and they never do that though in this one video the one girl she's like all right turn to your left 90 degrees and he turns around 180 to the right and she stops and looks up at me as i'm recording like what do i do now (laughs) it's like you can see in her eyes that she fully understands my frustration at this point my partner is an idiot (laughs) just just so many students like that how many of your youth students uh don't know left from right and at what age do you start being okay saying left and right <laughs> well see you know in the after school program we have kindergartners and some of those mm-hmm. don't yeah i i, I just i you know we're all online and i say right foot back and i always say look i always go back to my middle school um uh wood shop teacher he used to have his um water fountain set on explosive so if you pushed a button full it would spray like four feet in the air and douse you down and he said he used to watch people he's like you came into class the first day you got doused in the face that was acceptable because you didn't know he said you get doused a second time mm-hmm. he starts to get concerned <laughs> and he said if you got doused a third time he used to have a little check mark if you got doused a third time he wouldn't let you use power tools <laughs> And so I said, look, guys, if you look around and you're like, I'm kicking, we're all doing sidekicks, I'm kicking in the wrong direction. <laughs> if you do one kick in the wrong direction, I go, hmm. But if you do the third kick and you're still kicking in the wrong direction, I realize you're oblivious. Mm-hmm. And mentally, you're not using my karate power tools anymore. Yeah. Because you're obviously too stupid to uh, to, to be self-correcting. I, I don't expect them to know right and left, but I expect them to look and say, hey, I'm the only one kicking this direction. I guess that kid's thinking, I'm the only one listening. I'm doing it right. Yeah. The rest of these a-holes are doing it wrong. It, it, every day it's that way with the after school. 
left and right. There's always a few kids that, even when I'm like, okay, here's my arm. The this is my right arm, the one that's closest to the mirrors. That's your right. Put that right leg, same side, in back. There's going to be three that put their left leg in back. Complete opposite of everybody. They can stare at anybody they want to, not get it. I'm like, okay, switch your feet, switch your feet, switch your feet. Now, your back leg is going to throw a front kick. They throw their front kick, their front leg. Like, no, you're, your other, your your other, other back, back leg. leg. And then they switch your feet. And they kick with the same leg. <laughs> like, oh, but, no. by, the way, by the way, speaking of after school, slight but you'll you'll at least appreciate that I'm going through this. We've recently had mystery turds appearing on the floor in the in the, in the after school program. Now, some some kid we 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 thought we had eliminated it with one kid, and now we got a new kid dropping turds at random. Um, Sierra thinks that she has figured out the the culprit, and we we've talked to the parents. But man, oh man, nothing makes you happier than realizing, hey, that, that's not a that's not a milk dud on the ground. <laughs> that's, that's that's some that's a turd, and uh. and so yeah, we we've we've had and we've had more turds on the ground in the last um, last three months than I probably had in the last five years. No one's crapping in my my trash cans uh, yet, but uh, but, but yet. yet keyword is yet. yet. But we do have turds on the floor. Jeez, I know. And we had one girl the other uh, about about two weeks ago. Um, I walk in just as she stands there and basically pees all over the floor. I mean, right in the middle of the floor. I'm like, I'm like, what the? <laughs> I'm watching it happen. It's like, and the the kid that was teaching her was just looking at me, going, "Yeah, this is happening." <laughs> what the? Yuck! Oh god, I I don't get it. That was just not my mindset when I was a kid. I'm so confused. I I see, like you said that. Everyone's kicking straight, and then one person's kicking in a whole different direction, and they're proud as can be. I know. <laughs> like, how do you not know? And, you know, I have a rash of a couple of kids right now that are just criers. Mm-hmm. Man, by the time I got in third or fourth grade, the only way you'd have caught me crying in public, I would have cried if my arm was stuck in a wood chipper. <laughs> and I'd been like, hey, someone cut the blinking wood chipper off. I'd have been like, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'd have cried privately. I sure would have cried in front of people. Now, man, kid gets out in dodgeball. Come on, dude, you're in middle school. Go cry in the bathroom. What are you doing? I, yeah, I got to explain to them, like, if it's dodgeball or something, like, you're going to get hit in the face at some time, at some point. Keep in mind, it's a very soft, fuzzy ball. Not not it, the not the balls we used for dodgeball really? growing up. The ones all oh, concussion yeah, yeah. concussion based rubber balls. rubber balls that just bang right in the face, bang. leave a mark every time. Yeah, no kidding. But these ones are the cushion. And like, you're gonna be shocked, but it's not gonna hurt. Don't cry. Buck, buck up, kid. Yeah, don't cry. Just accept that sucked. Move on. Every time, bam, right in the face. Oh, it hurts. No, it doesn't. No, by the time you register it, it stopped hurting. Yeah. You're, you're crying about the memory of pain, yeah, not the actual. Exactly. There's no pain anymore. I was like, if there's still pain at this point, you're injured. We need to get you checked. Because if the, I always tell my kids, I was like, look, if I come up and jack slap you across the face, I was like, by the time you registered it, it stopped hurting. I was like, you're, you're mad because it hurt a few seconds ago, and that's why you're crying. I was like, you're not crying because of the current pain. If there's current pain, I've, I've obviously broken your orbital bone, and it's not going to stop hurting until we get that bad boy fixed. Yeah. The, the amount of Band-Aids I go through for stupid stuff, too. It's like they'll get a bump and go, can I get a Band-Aid? I'm like, for what? I, I got a bump on my arm. like, it's not cut. That, what do you think a band aid does? I say no. <laughs> yeah, no, you're I'm not like, getting a band aid. Getting this. Here. 
<sighs> I guess it's, I guess it could be. Can I get a morphine drip? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Nurse, nurse, nurse Ludlum, I'll come over here and, uh, and, and give Charles his morphine drip. Jeez. He's got a boo-boo. They all need to be sedated. I'm telling you. Man, it, 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 it is like it is. But I, 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 you know, but, you know, it's... One thing I feel for you on is I know that your your adult class isn't huge right now, mm-hmm. and I think if I didn't have that feeding me back, because man, you, when you're doing kids, you're all it's all give. Mm-hmm. There's no take. You know, at least my adults right now. I mean, I have some adults that push me and make me better. Guy, Mark, you know, Zach, and Billy. I'm a second degree black belts even. Sierra and, and Hondo and Mozart. All those guys, they push me mm-hmm. every class. Um, to be better, and uh, and I know you got some kids that are pretty, but like Jose and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, who's a beast. Hopefully, he'll stay with you until he's an old man. Yeah, but it's uh, it, it, it's tough. Yeah, it's you know the the issue I'm having right now. And this has been the issue since day one is finding help at the studio. Yeah, I've seen I've seen your God. ads. I feel if you're on that, it's killing me. I you know I, from day one, the, the when I first started. Excuse me. Uh, it was just me. I drove the van and picked everybody up and taught, did homework, did everything myself. And then, of course, I, I got sick one day and I went, oh, no, I still got to go pick up these kids. I need to go grab a puke bucket and <laughs> puke while I'm driving. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. I, I need to find help. I can't afford it. But what happens if you know, yeah. I have to pick up those kids? And that's why I, I hired my first person. But. Um, you know, just the amount of—I hate to say bad help. I've had some really good assistants. The ones that tend to last a while are really good, and then there's some that I'm like, I don't get you at all. Like, I—I <laughs> I had one before I moved to the current location. Luckily, I had uh, I, I had an intern at the time. I was trying UNCW's intern and. This one guy out of like three or four that I picked up, he was really good, fantastic, worth all of it. The others weren't that good; they weren't reliable. It's like babysitting one more kid is what it came down to. But this one guy was really good, and uh, I pull up to the the studio, and my driver is supposed to, you know, come to the studio, grab the van, go, and then drop them off, and I'll be there. And I come, I pull up, and my van's still there. I'm like. Oh no, that's not good. What what's going on here? Like that van should be out right now picking up kids. We're gonna be so late. So I'm calling my driver, no answer. Texting, no answer. About to have a heart attack. Oh my god. I was freaking out. I'm like, oh crap. So I jump in the van and I'm already like really late. But I jump in and I drive to the first school. And this is back when I was picking up from like one kid from this school, one kid from that school two kids from that school just down the all over, all, all over the place and I get to that first school and I pull up and the teacher's out there uh, and I flag him down I'm like where's Jose at or whoever and she's like uh, I, think, I don't think he's here I think he got picked up maybe I'm like oh his mom must have picked him up damn you know he must have called home and she's going to be upset with me so off to the next school get to the next school and same thing they're like no they got picked up already really man this isn't good the parents are going to be so pissed at me I'm going to lose everything oh my god and then go to the third school 
same thing. And I'm like, who is picking up these kids? Like, is it the parents? And the, the teacher's like, no, it was your driver. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Like, yeah, you're right. It wasn't the, the van. It, it was a different vehicle. I thought it was your driver. I'm like, oh, my God. These kids are getting abducted. I'm like freaking out. And at this point, I'm heading to the last school, and I'm calling parents and trying to get a hold of people. And the only one I get through to, uh, I, I tell her, I'm like, I don't know where your kid is. I, I went to go pick her up. She's not there. They said she was already picked up. But I can't figure out why and who. Like, did you pick her up? She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So she's freaking out. So now I got parents, and I called another parent, same thing. Uh, everyone's starting to freak out now. And I'm like, I went to every school, and everyone was picked up. I'm like, this something is wrong here. I don't understand what's going on. And I drive back, get to the studio, pull up. And as I pull up, I see inside all the kids are in there playing. And I am dumbfounded. I'm like, how, how did these kids get here? And I, I go into the studio, and my sit, the, the intern's in there playing with them. And I'm like, dude, where did they come from? And he's like, well, your driver dropped him off. I'm like, no, she didn't. I had the van. He's like, huh? I don't know. I'm like, this is what the hell's going on here? I don't get this. And finally, like, partway through the day, hour or two later, I finally get a text message back from my driver. And she's like, oh, sorry, I left my phone at home. One, that drives me nuts because I need to get a hold of you let you know if yeah, the no kid's kidding. not going to show up or something. And I'm like, w- explain. I I am so baffled right now. She's like, oh, I was running a little late, so I just picked up with my own car. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you can't do that. One, I can't insure your car. Something goes wrong. We're all screwed. <laughs> yeah. And that you just can't legally do that. It's it just it, It's stuff like that. That happens all the time. I had another guy that I just put new tires on, and he hit a curb, blew out tire, messed up the rim, decided to park it, and he called me, told me what's going on, and I had to beg my brother to take off work because I couldn't leave the studio to go pick him up and try and fix the tire and bring it back. And during that time, I get a phone call from somebody, and this guy on the other end is just screaming at me like, why is your van parked in front of my driveway? I need to get to work. I can't get around your van. I'm like, seriously? It's parked in front of your driveway? And he's like, you got to move this right now or I'm going to be suing you for this, this, this. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I got someone coming over now. I guess they'll push it. I don't, I don't know, but it, it, it ended up getting resolved. My brother got over there on time and they just kind of rolled it out of the way. But who parks right in front of somebody's driveway? See, I, 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 mostly, see, I lucked out because early on I had um, my brother and I, of course, owned it together, and we both were married, and mm-hmm. Becky's been great, and she's always taken care of it. Um, and we've had, now Becky's sister has been our like front desk person for years. It's We, we have problems finding drivers right now, but we've, we haven't had the problems you've had. Mm-hmm. Lord knows. It's, it's, I feel for you. That's that's no fun. Right now, though, you know, no one wants to work. Yeah. You know, we have such a shortage. Like, I don't I don't give to panhandlers at all anymore mm-hmm. because there is such a labor shortage. People that are standing out by Target begging for money, 
everywhere is hiring. Mm-hmm. You could go into Target and say, hey, I need a job. And they'd be like, hey, you're hired. Yeah. Because everywhere <laughs> is hiring. And, you know, those are people who just don't want to work. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's really where our whole society is right now. They just don't. The Dunkin' Donuts by my house absolutely refuses to open the lobby. Claim they don't have enough help. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this wasn't even an option when I was a kid. If you didn't have enough help, you had to open the lobby anyway. Now they're like, oh, why don't we can't open the lobby? We don't have enough help. The lobby has not been opened in the Dunkin' Donuts by my house in months. Mm-hmm. Since before COVID, probably. It's it, it's nuts. I you know, I had po- I've been posting ads for help. I have three positions I need to fill, mm-hmm. and really, I could, I would like to have like four or five, but I can't afford that many. Uh, but I need a driver, and I need just assist an assistant that stays there the whole time. And I can be one of those, but man, I got so much to do that it's it'd be nice to have another driver out there instead of me out there driving. Because then I'm driving from 1:45 until 4:30. Then instantly, the second I get through the door, I got to start teaching until seven, eight o'clock at night. It's like I need a break. I can't do that. So I I need a driver and the assistant. And I, you know, I in years past I'd put up a, an ad on Facebook, and within a week or two I'd get five to ten applicants and of course half if not more don't show up to the interview and they don't tell you now you get none yeah and but i'd always have one or two that would show up and i'd get them it was always a good person to choose from so that was always fine i up until recently up until wednesday i haven't had an applicant in two years so basically since covid mm-hmm. and my one assistant just gave birth a couple weeks ago so she's obviously going to be out for a while uh, probably till fall at least. And my other one, her other job is in need of a lot of help. So her hours are overlapping with being at the studio. So she can't be there anymore. And so I've, she told me that last Tuesday. And I'm like, oh, no. And, like, Friday was her last day. And I'm like, uh, I went from three people down to zero. I can't be in two places at once. Right. I was freaking out. I'm like, uh, like I didn't know what to do. And you could offer $30 an hour and no one would do it, right? Yeah. And I was posting ads on Facebook every time I did. Same ad I've done for years. Suddenly, over the past few months, flagged for discrimination. I'm like, huh? And uh, I had posted on Facebook asking people, like, what, what is discriminatory about this? The best they could come up with was two lines in there. I said, uh, must not be... Uh, convicted of some sort of violence, crime, or anything towards children. And then the other one was must have good personal hygiene because I've had issues with people smoking heavily and then get in the van with all these kids. and it. Horrible. Okay, it's funny because I was wondering. I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. If you had had some stinky employee yeah. in the past. More than one. And <laughs> one was... Your, your luck, man. beautiful. One was a, just a bad smoker, and I don't think he realized how much he smelled, and the kids were complaining like they couldn't breathe on the, the van. It was so bad. And then another one apparently didn't own a shower or anything. Every time he came in, it, your eyes watered. He never took a bath or shower, just smelled awful, and he smoked. Like, geez. So, but they said, try taking those two things away and just bring them up in the interview. I'm like, okay, I can tell somebody that in the interview. But I'm like, I changed it to must pass a background check. And then I took away the hygiene. It still got flagged. So then I took away the, the background check. Still got flagged. 
all it says is I you need to show up to work <laughs> and it's going to be working for these hours for kids these ages. It's still getting flagged. And That's crazy. I don't understand what it is. So, And every time it says you can click to review it and like click it every time it never gets reviewed. And I decided to do a paid advertisement for it. And it, again, got flagged. But then when I clicked review, two minutes later, like, oh, yeah, it's good. So now that they're getting paid for this thing, they're that approving it. They'll approve it, yeah. But, gee, I ended up getting the lady. Hopefully she's going to try it this week. But uh, that was the first uh, applicant in two years. And little old lady, like 70 years old, but super nice. So hopefully she works out. But I hope so. I'm still going to have to drive. I don't have a driver. I, I'd love to have – really, I'm at the point where I want to get a partner that just does all the business stuff because that's the stuff that I, I've never been great at. But God, How old is Jose now? 13, 14. Man, in two years. Another year, you could put him to work. <laughs> and, of course, you can't drive a van until he's like 18. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, a lot of my best employees are my, my black belts that have come up through the dojo. Right now in my after-school program, I have everyone that works for me is a black belt. Uh, even Beverly, who works the front desk, she's not training actively now, but she's a second-degree black belt. So she's invested in the program. Mm-hmm. Then all of my back employees are, uh, well, I have one purple belt and three black belts that work in the back. So it, it's nice that everybody's invested in the program and mm-hmm. still training, still active. And uh, almost all of them, Nicholas, we call Hondo, he came up in the after-school program. Uh, Sebastian Mozart, he's, he came up in the kids' class program. Sierra started in the adult class program. She's always been in the adults. And then Chris started in the adults. But they're all in their, you know, late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. And all college age. Or, well, Hondo's still in high school. But it's, uh, you know, and they that, that helps. So when you are able to put Jose on the list, about the time he turns 16, he can't, you know, he's not an adult, but you mm-hmm. can trust him. Yeah. And he can teach for you. Yeah. And, and that he, helps. He, we still pick him up from middle school right now, yeah. and he's my assistant during class. Uh, he's still learning. He's going through the the, the assistant instructor program, um, but the kids love him, so that, that yeah. helps a lot. Uh, and I'm I've been taking Wednesdays off, so I have him teach the class. I just give him a basics on how to break it down. He's got a, you know, twenty to thirty kids in there. He's got to teach. So I, I also have Emily that will come in on Wednesdays and help him out, but. It's tough, but uh, he's he's doing that. So hopefully, at some point. But <laughs> I'm sorry, I was asking Dan a question off camera. <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I just I try to get my black belts in, but their their work just doesn't allow for it. They they all have evening or uh, eat or afternoon work, so nine to five, nine to six, whatever it may be. So that's what makes it tough. But but yeah, it, it's uh, – I just clarified with Dan on, on something. I'm sorry. That, that's why there's this awkward silence. Uh, I, I was just clarifying something. So, Doing some charades. I, I, did, I didn't want to say out loud. Uh, I've, already, I've, already, uh, I've already said enough on this video to get me beat up by a couple of people. Uh, so I uh, – and by the way, just a little side note to, 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 to I guess, to finish up on something earlier. 
if Denny Schaefer does show up, <laughs> 80 years old, I mean, I, there's no joy. There, look, there, there's no win in this no. for me. Okay, if I get beat up, I got beat up by an 80-year-old dude. <laughs> if I beat up an 80-year-old dude, just, like, that doesn't – no one's going to be like, yeah, hey, good job, Brent. You beat up an 80-year-old man. I'm just going to call the cops. I mean, that, 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 at the end of the day, I'm just calling the cops. See, he shows up. I'm, I'm, I'm All my black belts, you guys all to hold him down. Let's get the cops here. Uh, because there's no win in that situation. No. If he was 20 years younger, I, I, I would be one thing, but, you yeah. uh, I've yet to have that issue. No, oh, you're, you're a lot less, you're a lot more likable than I am, a lot less inflammatory. But, boy, we, we really stayed to the topic today, I'm not going to lie. I, I wish, if there was some uh, court reporter taking notes on what we've talked about, we have hit uh, every topic except the original one. It was, uh, it's always... Basically, just as you arrive, I'm like, "What are we going to talk about?" And we sit down. How about we do this? Okay, and then so something j- completely different. <laughs> just so you guys know, today's topic was uh, excuses people make for martial arts. Um, we have thoroughly discussed that topic for like an hour and a half now, hitting it all of about 45 seconds at the beginning, and then closing with some comments on it now. Uh, so, what's the craziest <laughs> excuse you've been given? I, I don't. Uh, um, I can't. I, I can't think of um, now. It's just you know. I'm too old. That's it. Yeah. I think I covered that. I'm too old to do it. Too old. Too not strong enough, um, or not in shape enough. Yeah. All the things that you're gonna get if yeah. you actually do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, why don't you take karate? Because I'm not good at karate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that makes sense. Uh, same reason I don't go out and play football because yeah. I'm not good at football. So, you know, it's like, uh, uh, I think we covered it. We we, we did. We did. I, look, I don't know if, if – you, whatever you can do, you click like on this video. You you tell us how well we covered this topic. You you just need to do that because we, we, we killed it this week. Pretty much. This is it. This is pretty much all – this, all, this, 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 all this really was was you just listened to me and Dan talk for an hour and a half on, on what we would have talked about if the recording device wasn't on. It's the same conversation, but it's just recorded. Exactly. This is what we talk about. I needed a break from moving all my stuff from putting new carpet in, and it's been a headache. It looks, it looks good in here. It does look good in here. It's empty right now, but man, it'll fill back up. Hopefully, I'll have to get that new desk in. (laughs) (laughs) Destroyed my last desk, (laughs) held together Uh, by one screw. One screw, one screw, man. Sometimes (laughs) that's just what it does, man. All right. Okay. Well, we won that. We we did. We 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 win. We just won the internet right there. Post this battle. Until next time.